everyone, Tyler Tambolin here, aka Totag and Tambo, back for another edition of the Thursday Night Football Picks and Bets Show here on the Mayo Media Network. Of course, this show is brought to you and presented by PrizePicks.com. If you haven't yet signed up, go to PrizePicks.com, use promo code MMN, and get yourself a hundred percent deposit up to a hundred dollars on your first deposit. Then you can put it in action into all of these plays. Last week, bounced back a little bit, went after the Denver Indy game there. We had over on the Granson. Took till overtime to get it. We had over on Melvin Gordon. We got that off the posted number that we had here on this very show. The number did creep up as the week went on. So today, when we get to it for you guys, make sure you check it out. Pause it. Go get these numbers early. Get your prize picks in. We missed the Matt Ryan by half a yard, but we'll get it back this week. We had the bonus play there with Terry McLaurin going over last week. If you guys want to find more of what I'm doing, you can always follow me on Twitter at Totag and Tambo or check me out at rumpuresports.com. Talk a little bit more on that later, but let's dive in. Like I said, right away, we've got a great Thursday night football game. We got the Bears versus the Commanders. It's in Chicago. Right now, the Bears are favored by one at home. The total is 38. And I'll let you know off the top, I do kind of like this over here. I think 38 is a little bit too low. So if you want to put that in, you can go ahead as well for yourself. But I do like that spot here. And then going into it, we definitely have some injuries to look at here. It looks like Wentz will be okay. I know there was a lot of injury, plus a little bit of the media controversy last week with Ron Rivera saying his quarterback was the issue. That sounds like I read an article today. Sounds like they hashed that out. All is going to be okay. He also said Wentz was back at practice throwing the ball. Everyone got together on it, said it was maybe a little misconstrued with the media, but that they understood what he meant. They're all on the same page. We still have to keep an eye, though, because we still have Dotson, who looks trending down. Logan Thomas looks trending down. We'll see. Uh, Diami Brown, we'll see, is questionable. And also, Nikhil Harry, interesting situation. They activated, he for this game, he was activated from the IR, but then apparently had another small injury in practice. We'll matter more a little later on when we get to the DraftKings segment. If you are just joining us for the first time, we appreciate it. Hit that like button, hit that subscribe, and we'll talk more about that later. But it does give you the notifications so that you can get all the free shows coming your way. A big one that myself and Pat do right here on this channel on Friday, it will come out, is the DraftKings show where we're breaking down everything with more ownership injuries, defenses, all the stuff, roster construction, exposures, things like that, that you'll want to know. But let's get back to this game. Like I said, it, I think it's still a good one. Sometimes the teams involved make it so everyone hates on it. But I think in general, anytime you have a chance to win money and it might be a spot you can exploit, I like this spot. So I think we're able to do that. I've got two picks right out of the gate for you guys for prize picks. And the first one is going to be the David Montgomery under 16 and a half rush attempts. I've looked at it, went over his last little sample here. It's only one game this season. He's gone over the number. We know about the injury and coming back from it. But even last week, coming back healthy from the injury, played almost 80% of the snaps. Herbert still got in there. Field still stole a bunch from him. And then on top of that, he only got 12 himself. And that's a 29-22 game. So I feel like people are going to be able to steal from it either or. And if we get this game going over, or if we get it going the other way, where he's down to start things off, then I think you could actually see even less. So the under 16 and a half rush attempts, I love for David Montgomery. The second one, Curtis Samuel, the other side, over four and a half receptions. This is what I call the quote unquote pause the video session. Go do that. He's had six, four, seven, seven, eight. So only one by, by the hook, half less on the numbers for the season. One game under it. I think he hits it regardless of the game script. If you look at the targets, 8, 7, 10, 9, and 11, he could have went even further than that, that four being the one time only. And then you heard me off the top. If Dotson's out, if, if Logan Thomas is out again, we're taking a little bit of a risk, but not really when we look at these numbers. So the two prize picks for this week, 
Fast and Furious for you. David Montgomery, under 16 and a half rush attempts. Curtis Samuel, over four and a half receptions. Lock those two in. Let's go two for two. Let's move on though, guys. Let's get into the DraftKings segment. Going to be talking all things Thursday Night Football, showdown slate, over on DraftKings, talking some captains, roster construction, guys that I like, situations I can see happening, and then notes. Like I said, we do have some injuries and whatnot that we're still waiting on, so I am going to spend some time on that and just going through how things look based off of that. Before we get into DraftKings, though, I do want to remind you guys of where you can find me, rumpuresports.com. It's been an absolute heater lately. I won the Thursday Night Football Showdown slate just a couple weeks ago. Then we had Big T win on Sunday. Then we had everybody with this, with us win on Monday. It was a big chop, but it was still good. It was over $10,000 that night, $5,000 the following Monday. Hoop won the million. And then I just came this past Sunday on a showdown slate like we're going to be talking about and won my first King of the Beach ticket. So if you haven't checked this out, do that now. RumPierceSports.com. Hit me up on Twitter at ToeTagandTambo if you guys have any questions. All right, so let's dive into these captains here and have a look. If you guys haven't been here before or been on the show watching this one with me, I should say, it comes down to looking at the captains, how that looks for roster construction. Again, with Showdown, you always want to be building yourself a little bit of a game flow, a script that you see playing out, and then put that storyline into your lineup and see how it all fits. If you think three or four guys are going to just crush, you may have to play around with putting them in the flex and seeing what that leaves you for captain. Or what I always do is start with maybe the cheapest captain of the bunch that I'm looking at and put them in. Here for me, uh, not the cheapest captain, but the one I think if you're looking up top, we've got Wentz, who's expected to play. Montgomery, Fields, Terry McLaurin, Gibson, but Curtis Samuel. I talked about him earlier. I already liked him in the prize picks segment that we talked about. If you go him, he's 12-3. It leaves you about just over 7,500 in the flex. And the reason I bring that up is because let's say on the other side, Chicago is the home favorite. I know it's only one point. But if people go Montgomery, you actually have under $6,900. So it's over $600 more per player going down to a guy like Curtis Samuel and filling it in from there. I've got a list here looking at it. I actually would prefer Justin Fields over Carson Wentz up front, just the savings alone. It's just under 1000 that you save. But if you put Justin Fields in, you want to stack him with at least one guy on the other side. And for you, that could be Komet. That could be Mooney. However you want to go about it, I'm looking at Komet. I think he's cheap on this slate. So if you go down to him here, he is 7,800 in the captain. He is 5,200 in the flex. So if you start off with that, you end up with four places remaining with just under 7,500. Kind of like how we talked about earlier when you had 7,500 per slot with Curtis Samuel in there. But now you can start plugging in those guys. So I also like Curtis Samuel, if I give you those three, you now have $7,200 to use per. The lineup at least makes sense. Fields maybe runs one in instead of Montgomery. That's a little bit of a way you could look at it. Maybe passes one for a touchdown, or maybe it's six catches for 40 or something for Komet at that price is pretty fair. And then you've obviously got to think someone's going to become, first of all, someone has to be coming back the other way in your lineups. 5-1 is the most you can go one side, but also you want someone that's going to be a pass catcher in this scenario, most likely. So for me, Curtis Samuel makes a lot of sense and I still have over 7,200. If you think these guys are going to stall in the end zone, the kickers come into play a little bit. We'll talk more on that shortly, but just going back to the captain, give you guys some others. So I've got Fields, who I like, Samuel and McLaurin. I like both of those receivers for the commanders. I talked about Komet. He's sort of one of the ones that would be cheaper. I mentioned the 7,800 at the captain. Now you have over 80, almost 8,500, 8,440 remaining. If you go back, if you want to use him, you probably want Fields in there. So I plug in Fields in the flex. 
you've still got over 8,000 per spot left. Now, if I go Samuel, just working through these trios, I still have 8,000 even for the last three spots. So you can see where we can get this money back if you wanted to get to Carson Wentz as having a second quarterback in there. If you wanted to still get Montgomery in there and say, look, he's going to get enough volume and natural work that he makes sense. I just don't want to play him in the captain if he's going to be so popular there. That's where you could do that. You put him in, you still have 6,800 remaining for your final two spots. So I think that's something to look at. Uh, Logan Thomas, interested in him if he plays. Not very interested in John Bates as the backup if he doesn't play. If if Logan Thomas is out, I don't just automatically, this is where I think so many people do this, and you can, I get why they do it, but everyone just assumes, okay, it's the backup tight end. Just go back to Sunday when the commanders just played, when they were down Dotson and they were down Logan Thomas. It was not John Bates that slid in. It was Diami Brown. And now he is also questionable as it stands on this slate. So we'll see how that plays out. But the point being, it doesn't always just automatically become the same guy at the backup position. We see it all too many times. And that's where you can kind of get your leverage going to somebody else. I should note from a flex perspective, a couple things. If Dotson and Diami Brown are out, a guy you would really like, he's 1400 Cam Sims. I think he's interesting. If you look, he got two targets last week even, and that and those guys were in there. Uh, not Dotson, obviously Brown, I'm saying, but he still had opportunity. He would get more if they're out. If somehow Nikhil Harry plays, again, we'd have to see what the situation is there. That's on the Chicago side, of course, but I'm just saying he's a guy down there that you want to keep an eye on because if he comes into the game and is active, he's only $200 in the flex. I would only use him in the flex myself, I've talked about this in the past, but if you're just joining for the first time, one of the things about these cheaper options, people use them in the captain to get all the guys that they want in. But the thing about that is you could do it, but the point would more be not just with him, but with any cheap captain, you typically end up on the same roster construction as everybody else. So if you were to do that, I would set up some sort of rule or even if you're hand building, where you're not getting the same four guys that everybody else are, the four most expensive guys where you plug them in. So keep that in mind when you're building for showdown and when you're using cheaper captains. For me, like I said, sort of that commit sweet spot would be where I would go to for skill position players. Not that kicker's not a skill position, but just to name it now, uh, this is a slate where the kickers interest me just a little bit. If you pull up here, Cairo Santos for Chicago. Again, they're at home, one point favorite. You could definitely see Fields and or Wentz, assuming he's in stall on either side of the ball where these kickers do come into play. But Santos, 15 and 14 DraftKings points in each of the last two games. So again, with him, he's 6,600. He's 1,200 cheaper than Komet. He's not 3K. He's not 300 bucks up top as the min price, one and a half X for your captain price. He's just in the captain, 6,600. So you could put him in and fit a lot with it. You can still do that if you want to fit skill position players and, and say that it'll still be a competitive up-tempo game. But oftentimes people like to do it when it's going to be sort of a blowout. And I think that's one of the things you could do differently where you say, I'm going to use him for the value to fit others where it'd be a less popular captain. But then of course, you're still able to fit guys in that make sense for the back and forth and that are getting the targets, the leverage, the opportunity, building it out that way. A lot of people using Komet in the captain, or sorry, not Komet, Cairo Santos would have like a Montgomery a Bears D, a Fields, maybe one guy from the other side and go that way. There's nothing wrong with that. That's, of course, a, a sound build. I'm just saying, again, then you end up in a lot of the same builds where you're just one or two guys away from what most of the field is doing. So look to be different by building it up with other skill players and not using just a cheap wide receiver captain, like I mentioned Harry earlier that some might use. The other thing would be is to make sure when you're building that way, or not make sure, but try this, where you build it out like that 
And then if you want to make sure you leave some money, you could drop whoever your wide receiver is on the other side to someone that's cheaper than them and leave all that money on the table. So even though you don't believe in them as much or they don't project as well or whatever it might be, you could easily see a game. And we actually saw this in a Bears game. It was uh, just a couple weeks ago on Showdown. It might have been week two. Yes, it was week two. And they played Green Bay. Komet was very popular, but they knew Green Bay or expected Green Bay to beat them, which they did handily. And a lot of people built these five ones with Komet on the other side or four twos, four Green Bay guys, two Chicago guys, that is. And what they were doing is that people were leaving Komet out and leaving all the salary to drop down like $6,000 less to Ryan Griffin, who was their backup. And while he only scored two points, it was more than Komet at zero. And that actually ended up on the optimal lineup, a five one build of five Green Bay guys and Ryan Griffin with money left on the table on the other side. So you can always... Keep that in mind. If I pull him up here, he is, let me just see, 1,500 is in the captain. So let me pull it up on the other side as 1,000. Pull up his numbers here. Not much. Week five only had the one target, one catch, 1.1 points. But yes, it was week two when he scored the 2.8. So you can always do something like that. I wouldn't recommend it always. But in a spot, I'm using the example of the 5-1. If you have Terry McLaurin on the other side for 9,000, you, what would be stopping you from dropping down to J.D. McKissick for 6,400 and just saying maybe it's him getting all the work and then while well, you know McLaurin has nine points early, McKissick has three or four, but then late in the game it becomes McKissick time and he picks up five or six points on the last drive to end up beating Terry McLaurin and that's what you needed on your roster and you could have just left the salary. That's what you're looking for in these builds and that's why you should always be willing to leave a little bit of salary on the table. I think that's probably good, right? We went through the captains I talked about, Fields, Samuel, McLaurin, Komet, Logan Thomas, if he plays, and then the kickers. That's where I would kind of have the most interest as of now. Again, you can go to Run Pure Sports, follow me on Twitter, at ToeTag and Tambo, see when I put out the, any other thoughts that I have on this game. But I do think that's key for is getting your captain pool dialed in and then building around that with the storyline that you have. Talked a little bit about that strategy and guys that you can use there. All right, so let's move over to the main slate now, as I always do. Just a quicker breakdown. Like I said, if you guys aren't yet subscribed, subscribe. Big red button, bottom right corner for the Mayo Media Network. Also, leave us a like button and a comment. Put in the comments. I told you there'd be a contest coming. I'll keep you informed on that. I'm always a man of my word. I'm going to hook somebody up. But put in the comments your favorite captain for the week based on everything we just talked about in Showdown. So your favorite captain for this Thursday night game between the Commanders and the Bears. Leave that in the comments. Hit the like button while you're there doing so. It helps us out a ton. But we always talk a little bit about this main slate. And then like I said earlier, Friday... Pat Mayo and myself, we do a live in-studio show at his studio here locally where we go through the entire slate from a DraftKings perspective where we're going to talk roster construction, exposures, defenses heavily. So I'm not going to hit on defenses here, but we break it down in full. And we talk a lot of just ideas. People that text me or message me all the time, DM me after and say, hey, I love that you gave this angle. What do you think of this? I've seen that plenty where people actually have a good stack that they picked up from the show, we're able to put it together. And then they, as we go through the other positions, they just start to fit these pieces in around it, end up with a pretty good lineup. We've had some good winners off of that show. So check that show out every Friday. It comes out mid-afternoon, give or take 1 p.m. Eastern, sort of in that range, nothing set in stone. But let's dive in. Let's go into this main slate. I think it's really interesting because the first thing, talking about quarterback, kind of ties directly to the slate. So two games on Sunday stand out. One of them, I can't wait for it. I know everybody else can't as well. Buffalo versus Kansas City. 
Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes. That's going to be incredible. So that will lead to the ownership there. If you look, Josh Allen, 8,200, very fair price. I believe that was his exact same price last week after dominating Tampa Bay. So I guess there's to be said for the, the talent level, or sorry, Pittsburgh, it was last week. My point being, that was going to be a likely blowout on paper. I was thinking of Tampa Bay versus Atlanta was supposed to be the other blowout. It did not happen the same way, obviously. But Josh Allen, because of that, the price gets, you know, sort of stays in the same range because now it's Kansas City. Mahomes, 8,000. So if your decision there, it's kind of play either or. Any, any Josh Allen build that you make can just become Patrick Mahomes with the $200 savings. The other game is, of course, the Arizona-Seattle game. Seattle just continues to get beat up on. People love to play Kyler, but can never seem to get him right. This feels like a place they'll go right back to him, though. He's 7,300. You can easily play him there. And then Geno is 5,700. So I think Geno is going to get a lot of love this week as well. So just starting with quarterback, it's fully correlated in my mind, at least as of now, Wednesday evening, to being towards those two games. And probably rightfully so. Those look pretty good. They have the highest totals. The Kansas City Buffalo has the biggest total on the slate by a decent margin. So I would expect ownership to be there. The other interesting factor is they're both in the afternoon. So with that being said, I think there's a lot of late swap opportunity there, right? They're both, I think, at 425 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Arizona, Chicago, or sorry, Arizona, Seattle is actually at 405 Eastern. But I did see a note today, depending on the baseball series of Seattle and Houston, if it goes to the game on Sunday and the series goes to that length, they actually are going to push back the time on this Arizona Seattle game. So keep on top of that. We'll talk more about it on Friday, most likely when I talk with Pat, but I do think that's important because again, for late swap, you'd have to make your decision. We'll see if DraftKings would adjust the slate for that or how they're going to do it, but you'd have to keep that in mind for your late swap. Going over to running back, biggest thing on the table right now for me, I'm not going to go into a bunch of things at each position, but the Ramondre Stevenson stuff. So he's going up against Cleveland uh, last week, it was, I believe it was Eckler who just smashed them and went off again for another game. So you've got that to keep in mind. But with no Damian Harris, it's going to be out for at least, a, you know, I think they said two to four weeks. Ramondre Stevenson is going to get talked up a bunch. He's only 6,000, rightfully so. He makes sense. The other guy you're going to look at here is Jeff Wilson Jr., $6,200 coming off a big game himself, going up to play Atlanta this week. So again, they're going to be popular. You'll have to decide what you're going to do with them as you go throughout the week and see how your lineups actually bear out when you start to put them down on paper and start to plug them in. But I think those are two interesting plays there. At wide receiver, this is where, again, this will flow as the quarterback flows and the quarterback is flowing as those games flow. So what do you expect? Well, let me see. This game should be a good back and forth. They must have increased Tyler Lockett's price, right? Wrong. $5,600. I believe he was fifty. 600 last week or 5700 so he went yeah same so he went uh, he's exact exact same price as last week after another huge week and they didn't change it so expect him to be very popular and then like i said when you just look at these games i'll just scroll over to him here for a second but if you go to um arizona and seattle change it to wide receiver on the app you can see so marquise brown continues to stay hot you always have the battle between metcalf and lockett rondale moore aj green Greg Dorch. There's not many spots I can see that you can get very different in that game. Go to the Buffalo, Kansas City. One interesting note today is that, where's he at here now? I think he was 5,000. Isaiah McKenzie. He still shows up as a Q tag. He cleared the NFL um, concussion protocol, practiced fully on Wednesday. So I would expect him to be in no problem. I like going to him. Shakir, of course, had the big game last week, but with McKenzie back, they still have Diggs and Davis. Have to make a decision there. Davis, if you want to think it's chasing, maybe you could, but he's still priced right at 6,500. Again, then one of those spots where 
35.1 DraftKings points. It came last week. It came off a 98 yarder and like a 71 yarder. But the point being that you don't have to get the same output. Like at 6K or 6,400 he was last week, 35 is incredible. If he only gets 22 this week or 23 at 6,500, you're not dead by any means. And that's good for that game. He saves you a lot of money from the $8,400 dig. So keep that in mind. I like McKenzie. We'll see what's going on. I'm still not sure on Dawson Knox in that game. I know he was ruled out last week, but we'll have to wait and see there. They played Quinton Morris and I believe he had five targets. So something to keep an eye on. I know he dropped what should have been an easy touchdown. So Quinton Morris would be another guy to keep in line when you get to tight end. Other wide receivers on the other side, Juju, man, it looks so bad. So I I don't know if I could get there at 5,200. The price might be right, but Valdez Scantling had a big game for the, the Monday night football game there. Hardman, was getting involved quite a bit, actually. Five targets, 73 yards. He got a rush attempt, too. So, I mean, you can mess around with those guys, and I don't think they'll get enough. MVS might get some, but I don't think Hardman will get as much at 4,000. So he's someone to keep in mind. And then it perfectly transitions and segues over to the tight end conversation because you've got Travis Kelsey back on the slate. You also have Mark Andrews. So I do think that's an interesting note. I always kind of look at these things. This is where Pat and I go with the show on Friday where we mentioned this quite a bit. But if you look at this perspective, I think Kelsey becomes popular because of everything I just talked about. It's this game. It goes with Mahomes. It goes, if you want to go the other side, you can use him as the run back if you're playing Allen lineups. My point being though, at wide receiver, what we just talked about with Kansas City, if not everyone likes Juju and not as many are going to go to Hardman, it makes MVS the popular choice. It makes Kelsey the next most popular choice. And at 7,800, it's a decision to be had. But what's interesting about this is if you go off that, for 800 bucks less, you can play Mark Andrews. And he's not in that game. He's not, of course he's not in that game. My point being though is where people are stacking that game and likely have Kelsey, it wouldn't hurt if you needed the money to play Andrews over Kelsey as a risk that you're taking to say he's still connected to Lamar Jackson, still going up against the Giants. He's on absolute fire right now. What is it? 22, had a bad game in week four, 28, 28. And then his week one wasn't anything special. But the point being, that's an option where most people that stack that game will ha- and have Kelsey in it, you could stack that game and then have Andrews in it. Just as a way to get different. It has nothing to do with being in the stack. It has a way to be different than the other game stacks on that game. Same can be said a little bit like Zach Ertz is down here at 4,900. Seattle has got beat up at the tight end position. But one thing to note, look, they, they've still got pretty beat up. Even when they played Denver, it was like Beck and somebody else who put up like 14 combined points on them. Um, I think it was Troutman put up some points on them, but even without the big game out of Taysom Hill. But the note would be that there's Taysom and Hawkinson They both smashed him, but Taysom's not really a tight end. He's everything. He's a a Swiss Army knife, of course, quarterback, running back. He's a a vulture, really, is what he is. He's just going to take it from anyone and everyone. They they didn't pay him a lot of money, so we we should kind of expect that at times with what he does. But the other note would be Hawkinson, when he did it as a tight end, it was also without Swift, Amon Ra, and... One more, I forget who else was out that game, but uh, just the point being, uh, Chark, I think, was the other one. But that the point being, of course, someone has to smash them in that spot. So it looks like they, they get crushed by tight ends, but I do think there's something to be said for that. And you could actually look at the other side. Disley is 3,100, 14, 12, 13, and three of his four games for DraftKings points at 3K. That's not going to hurt you. And also, he's 3,100 versus Ertz is 49. So again, just a way to get different. Or put these guys 
into your same Buffalo, Kansas City stacks. I'm only focusing on those two games for the look ahead, but my point more so being that if you were doing that, it's a way to get different in the spot other people are using. And in something like the Buffalo, Kansas City game, where you want some savings and a lot are maxing out with a guy like Kelsey to get Lockett, you might instead of play Lockett, play Disley and then use that money to get someone else in, whether it's a Marquise Brown or it's a Stefan Diggs or whatever in those other games and those good spots that we talked about. That's a way that you can do it and be just a little bit different. And like I said, for defense, we won't talk about it here. We'll wait till Friday. Pat and I do go through on the Friday show and actually break it down and talk about who may actually see more opportunities. He talks about offensive line versus defensive line, adjustments, things to expect. We'll talk about the spreads, all just related to defense. And people love that segment. So again, Check us out there. Check me out on Twitter at Toetag and Tambo. Add me there. Every Saturday, I put out a thread. I only do one a week. Tambo's Tidbits. You can search it. The hashtag Tambo's Tidbits if you want to see the previous one. It lists all the things I found from around the industry. All pertinent facts for the game's upcoming. Stats, things like that that I think can help you with your bets. Prize picks. DFS, DraftKings, FanDuel. All those different things where you guys can find that on there. So add me on Twitter at Toetag and Tambo. Check me out at rumpiersports.com. Hit the subscribe button here to get subscribed for all the free shows for Mayo Media Network. Leave your favorite captain from the Thursday Night Football game in the comments. And that's going to do it for this week, guys. Good luck in your contests. I'll see you next time.